Is DeAndre Swift officially the running back to own, to own in Philadelphia? All that and more this episode of Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. You can check her out on Twitter at Kate Majuk. You can also check out her work on profootballfocus.com. Kate, we uh, we had quite the game last night. A ton of points scored in this Vikings-Eagles takeaway, but I think we've got to start with DeAndre Swift. Got to start with DeAndre Swift. Career-high game for him. It was an absolutely outstanding effort. 29 rush attempts, 184 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown. Could have been another one. Um, it, could have been two more. He had two. Could have been two more. It feels like the the entire day was like, uh, you know, an interesting hullabaloo of DeAndre Swift. And you know what? Like we saw in Week One, came out and he was a non-factor uh, due to Kenneth Gainwell. Kenneth Gainwell's out with injury. You have the the coaching staff coming out and saying like, yeah, we we wanted to get more touches for DeAndre Swift, and they actually followed up with it. And boy, did he show out a 31% missed force tackle rate, 3.3 yards after contact per attempt, 6.3 yards per carry. Like, this dude did nothing wrong. Didn't have a single stuff uh, on yeah. on any of his carries, which is pretty, like, insane considering he had 29 of them on the day. I mean, I, I think the fact that he had 31 total touches in this game Makes me believe like the, the Eagles actually think he could be the RB1 on this team. Rashad Penny was a healthy scratch in week one. In this game, he got three carries for nine yards and one reception for five yards. Boston Scott played ahead of him, right? Like Boston Scott was getting more work. I, I don't know how this is going to shake out with Kenneth Gainwell when he's back and when he's healthy because we saw him get a lot of work last week. But I think it's one of these things like now that we've seen it, I don't know if you can put that. You know, I, I don't think you can go back to DeAndre Swift having 10 touches a game. Like after this performance, he's got, he's kind of have to, he, they have to make him the lead back. Right. I think they have to, uh, you know what, like, but every, every time I say they have to, um, it, it doesn't, doesn't come to fruition, but it feels like it's going to be really hard to put that lightning back in the bottle. Uh, once it's out, it's out. Boston Scott also looked great. So like the one person that didn't was Rashad Penny. Yeah. Um, much to my dismay. So like, I think we can officially lay it to rest on any Rashad Penny speculation. Yeah. Like, I don't think he did anything to prove the case that like, I should have been active in week one. You're going to regret like there, there was nothing that, that he, he really showed you. Um, so I think this is officially the end of the Rashad Penny experiment. Something else that I do want to note, it felt like you know, it, we had kind of assumed that this was going to be like a rotation at running back again. It hasn't um, been so far. It hasn't been like it. 
when the the team commits to a running back, they've largely committed to the running back as opposed to what we've seen in previous seasons where I feel like there was a much more frequent rotation at running back. Um, you know, this new new offensive coordinator, like it might be leaning towards, you know, this committal to a back. And I do think DeAndre Swift yeah. made the case for it to be him. Uh, let's talk about DeAndre Swift's dynasty value because I'll be honest, I, I don't know what to do. DeAndre Swift, what, two years ago, was being drafted inside the top three or four dynasty running backs. Now it's completely plummeted, but now his value is going to start skyrocketing off of this performance. Um, but he's also in the final year of his contract. I just don't see Philadelphia being a team that wants to shell out a lot of money at the running back position because whoever they put back there outside of Rashad Penny has a lot of success. Um, and DeAndre Swift, a second round pick, I'm assuming he's going to want to get paid, right? Like he's going to want to go to the situation where he can get paid after this year. So I, I, I don't know how to accurately value him right now. I know that's probably bad for me hosting a locked on dynasty podcast, but it's just <laughs> one of these things like, I'm kind of throwing my hands up in the air because I think his value is going to be all over the place. I mean, I, I do think it's going to be all over the place. Like you, you look at, you know, DeAndre Swift and and his value in the market, especially in a fluctuating salary market for the running back position. Um, and by fluctuating, I mean, plummeting to its death. <laughs> yes. um, DeAndre Swift, like he is only 24 years old though. And he did not get the type of usage that we expected in Detroit whatsoever, whether that be for health, you know, even for coaching reasons, like dude has never had more than 151 carries in a season. He has not even had to this date, 400 career carries yet. Like that, like you look at his touch totals, right. And you think, um, you know, like, there's not a ton of tread on these tires, 553 career touches. Um, it, that's a, that's a season and a half of D, you know, Derek Henry, like sure. that, that's, that's nothing. A bad so, call, but yes, yeah, so, but it's basically two seasons yeah. worth of touches in three years. Right. Yeah. And like, I, I think, you know, that is kind of appealing for him as he's going into free agency in 2025 or 2024, I'm kind of curious because if he does continue to play and look like the player we saw uh, on Thursday night football, he is going to get paid a lot of money. Uh, Just really quickly on some Eagles players on this one, Jalen hurts was okay. Uh, He had 193 passing yards, one passing touchdown, one interception. He saved your fantasy day though, by two rushing touchdowns, which you can almost just didn't even look like overly explosive though. Like I, that's the crazy thing is it still feels like there's so much left on the board for Jalen hurts. And he, he didn't look good as a runner in this game. There was a couple of times they ran some read option stuff and he got to the outside and just kind of fell over. I, I don't want to speculate that he's hurt or banged up, but just something didn't quite look right. And it kind of was reflected in his rushing totals, right? 12 yeah. carries for 35 yards. I know a couple of those are short yardage stuff, but still not the efficiency you're hoping from there. You did get the efficiency from Devontae Smith, four catches for 131 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Everybody else, though, A.J. Brown, four for 29 on six targets, did have a touchdown called back due to a penalty. Uh, Dallas Goddard, you love to see the seven targets, but only 22 yards on seven targets. It feels very much like this is going to be a one player a week stands out in this passing game, and it might not be both anymore. Yeah, um, 
unfortunate, uh, you know, unfortunate for, for fantasy managers. Now I want to get your, your thoughts. So like we, we had this moment on the broadcast where they kind of like hovered over the, the Eagles sideline. You saw AJ Brown. He looked pissed, looked absolutely pissed. Um, and I'm guessing it's due to his lack of involvement. Now, you know, we, we see guys, you know, humble all the time and like, oh, you know what, like what's best for the team, what's best for the team. But, you know, I, I don't know that that's going to be the case. We have, you know, Devonta Smith, who's very clearly been, you know, I, I think a, a bigger factor than we've thought 18 targets over the last two weeks uh, or sorry, 15 targets to AJ Brown's 18, yeah. but he's been more efficient with those targets. He had each of the, the two receiving touchdowns, um, you know, outplaying him in terms of yards per route run yards after the catch per reception. Is it, uh, are you not, concerned at all? Not concerned at all because we, what we saw as soon as that interaction happened, the first target went to AJ Brown. It got knocked away. And then like two plays later, they took a shot down the field, uh, on the touchdown that got called back. And then on the very next play, they took a shot down the field to AJ Brown, where he clearly got interfered with no penalty. If I'm, if you're a DFS player, I would absolutely lock AJ Brown into your starting lineup next week. It's going to be that squeaky, squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? AJ Brown's going to have a monster week three performance. Just, just remember that when you're setting so, your lineups. So maybe this is a time to trade for AJ Brown. Yes, Cause I yes. feel like, uh, you know, the, the lack of touchdowns, like, you know, there's, again, there's so much that it feels like this team has left on yep. the field over the past two weeks. Um, you know, we, we saw a lot of turnovers. AJ Brown has actually been targeted on uh 25% of his routes run this season. That is actually more than Devonta Smith. So like we're seeing the usage that we want, um, and I, I feel like it's kind of one of these things where it's only a matter of time until you yes. actually see that translate to the the touchdowns to more efficiency in terms of yards per reception. Like it, it's, it's coming. coming, be patient. And I, you know, maybe use this as a buy window. Yeah. Go, out, uh, for, go out and get AJ um, Brown right now. Yeah. It's going to be just fine. Okay. Let's talk about the other side of the ball with the Vikings, including a certain rookie receiver who had another long touchdown in week two. We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by game time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fastest and the easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their lowest price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. I absolutely love game time. Uh, my, my favorite part is that you get the image of your seats before you actually buy. So you know exactly what you can expect when you arrive. I love it when I go to these Bills games because they're so close to me. I can get a look at the seats, see how uh, they're going to be, see where, you know, what section I'm in. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. Plus, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. The tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. The other thing that I love, it shows you the, the, the exact price that you'll pay, including the taxes and the fees, so you won't be surprised at checkout. Again, absolutely could not recommend this product anymore. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. 
redeem promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. Football season is here, and Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL. Kickoff live each Friday. Locked On will go live from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Host Tanisha Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs will help break down every single game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and so much more. Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anybody else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Okay, let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Pretty good day for the Vikings offense. Kirk Cousins threw for 364 yards and four touchdowns. Could have easily been five touchdowns if Justin Jefferson just doesn't lose the ball in the uh, right near, near the pylon. But I want to talk Wait, about thoughts on that roll, by the way. Uh, don't reach never... over the pylon. Don't just don't fumble the ball. Okay. So you are pro touchback. Yes. If you fumble the ball through the back of the end zone or in the end zone, it should be the team's ball. This is, this is just the way it is. It's a, it, to me, it's pretty common or pretty, this... uh, pretty straightforward. But I don't, I just don't get, like if you fumble out of bounds, it doesn't go to the other team. Yeah, but you're not fumbling so, out of bounds. You're fumbling out of the end zone. But again, what is the difference? Like the pylon. This is this is you just being a dad and yeah. acting like a dad. Like oh, this is the way it always has been, Kate. The rules are just, the rules. Yeah, just don't like, just don't reach out if you're you're worried about fumbling. Um, it's no it is kind of a dumb rule. That's fine. It is. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about Jordan Addison who we yeah. actually talked about on yesterday's show. Uh, how much has Zay Flowers closed the gap on Jordan Addison? I think some, but Addison only got five targets in this game, Kate, but three for 72 and a touchdown, another long touchdown. It, it just feels like in this offense, he's going to get these kind of opportunities every week to create big plays. Yeah, and I think, you know, part of, of that excitement too is, you know, with the scoring potential of this offense, Obviously, he is not the first or second target uh, in this game. He wasn't even the third or fourth. Um, no. You know, he he did play behind uh, KJ Osborne, unfortunately, but he's also been a lot more efficient with his opportunity. Seventy-two receiving yards and a score. Um, you know, I, I think you love everything that you've seen from Jordan Addison, but I think what um, you know, even if he he is for the time playing behind KJ Osborne. This is another one of those things where like he is going to create these opportunities for himself. And I think, um, you know, like though I, I'm not going to necessarily trust him to carry my team at this point, he is one of these guys that like when we, we say, you know, this player has a tough matchup, put in a high upside player um, to, to kind of balance out, you know, your, your expected uh, decrease in performance from this, like Jordan Addison is the player that you, have have high upside for and he's the guy that that you want to put in your lineups because I do think it's a matter of time before this translates but I also have like a question because uh you know for this this team in particular the Vikings uh Kirk Cousins not likely it seems to be in Minnesota um moving forward do the questions at quarterback have put any sort of damper on 
your excitement for Jordan Addison? Because like for as as you know, not exciting and vanilla as Kirk Cousins is, he's also been really good for the fantasy assets yeah. on this team, especially for the wide receivers and um, you know the receiving tight ends who are on the catching end of of those thrown balls. No, I'm not. I'm I'm not too worried. I, you're right. Kirk Cousins has been fantastic for Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison, and we didn't even mention T.J. Hawkinson, who had a monster game, seven for sixty-six and two touchdowns. I still think there's a good chance that Kirk Cousins comes back next year, just because I don't know what the other options are going to be, unless the Vikings are so bad that they get like Caleb Williams or Drake May, which they won't be. You saw that last night. Like this is still going to be a really good offense. When, they're, when they stop fumbling the ball every other series. So I think Kirk Cousins will come back. If he doesn't come back, I'm sure they're going to get somebody else that is around the same range as Kirk Cousins that can feed these receivers. Because if, if you're the Vikings front office, you're going to give Justin Jefferson the, the biggest deal ever uh, to, you know, at wide receiver. You just spent a first-round pick on Jordan Addison. You traded for TJ Hawkinson and just made him one of the highest-paid tight ends in the league. You better get a quarterback that can get those – players the, the, the ball I, I just have faith in this front office that they're gonna they're gonna make sure it's okay yeah I mean <clears throat> if you are a, a Minnesota fan I do like again I I feel like Kirk Cousins for some reason is like the most hated quarterback in the NFL he played awesome last night he played awesome and like he you know for as many turnover opportunity or t- turnovers that um this this offense perpetuated like the only reason they were in this game at all was because Kirk Cousins threw for four touchdowns. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously been five again, should have been five if it wasn't for Justin Jefferson. Yeah. It, dumb fumble. Um, <laughs> but the, like the, the, you know, the, the magic that Kirk Cousins brings on offense, I feel like is so underrated. I do think that fantasy managers should be like praying on hands and knees that this front office does get a deal done because I think Kirk Cousins is just so good for Minnesota in general. Um, anybody like, are, are you going out and buying Jordan Addison right now? Because I, I would, I would if I had any more leagues to buy him in. Because I think I have. Oh, Honestly, it, it, he's not somebody that you can. You, you mentioned not somebody that you can rely on to be like your wide receiver one, obviously, or wide receiver two, and maybe not even your wide receiver three because you would like to see him get more than five targets on. I don't know, 40 something, 48 dropbacks or whatever it was for the Vikings. But I just think in time, you're going to see KJ Osborne's usage go down. He had six targets in this game. Josh Oliver had some targets. The running backs had eight targets. Like, I think if I told you, like, by the end of the year, that Addison was averaging like seven and a half targets per game, would you be surprised? I wouldn't. Um, now, the one, one question I want to ask you before we move on to promotion commotion. Um, so you would trade for for uh, Jordan Addison if you had any more leagues to trade him in. Um, currently being drafted on average as the wide receiver twenty one, which I think is very reasonable. Um, you know we we've talked about another player here uh, quite a bit in Drake London, who's up at wide receiver fifteen. Mm-hmm. Which one of these wide receivers would you prefer in Dynasty right now? Is it Drake London or is it Jordan Addison? I'm gonna I'm gonna go Drake London just because I think there's a chance that he can still be the target hog there once they get a competent quarterback. But man, there's 
you got to have a lot of patience here because it just doesn't it, – it, it might be rough for this year, but I still believe in Drake London and his talent a lot. Crazy that we even have the opportunity to ask a question, right? It's frustrating. It's so frustrating. Please, Arthur Smith, open up this offense. Please, we're begging you. Uh, Kate, let's, let's talk about some uh, guys that you should promote from your bench into your starting lineups next. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Do you ever find that when you're trying to fall asleep at night, your brain suddenly won't stop talking? Mine does this all the time. Do your thoughts start racing right before bed or at some other inopportune moments? It turns out one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk them through. Therapy gives you a place to do that so you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's done entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for uh, absolutely no additional charge. You get any reason at all that you need to switch therapists, you can do it. It's so easy. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. This episode is brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is the largest independently owned DFS platform in North America. It's easily the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players including pros and sharks and nerds who have no life right all you have to do is pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in i absolutely love it because they have so many different players and so many different stats that you can choose from so if you want to you know pick a a tight end they have more than three and a half receptions you can do that it's so simple to play and you can win 25 times your money this football season. Again, so much fun. I, I've i actually hit this a couple times already this year. It's unbelievable. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, it's our favorite segment of the week. It is promotion commotion time. We are promoting these players from our bench, or maybe even your waiver wire, into your starting lineups in week two. Kate, who do you got? Oh, this one's going to feel really ugly, especially for me as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but I'm kind of into running back Jerome Ford of the Cleveland Browns going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday Night Football. We all knew there was going to be opportunity here in Cleveland for the backup running back after Kareem Hunt left. Um, It seems very clear that that backup is Jerome Ford now had a very inefficient week one, but saw 15 total touches. And I think this is going to be one of these low scoring AFC North games. And the biggest key to it all, Pittsburgh Steelers defensive tackle Cam Hayward, who has been far and away the best run defender in this entire position group uh, is out um, presumably for at least the next four weeks, but up to eight weeks, they think 
Um, this is going to be, I think, an opportunity for this Browns defense or Browns offense to run all over Pittsburgh. I think Jerome Ford is probably going to get a little bit of his. So if he's if he's unavailable or if he's you know on waivers and and you're really struggling due to injuries or whatever, I don't mind flexing Jerome Ford again, backup running back for the Cleveland Browns. It's funny that you mentioned that game because I'm actually going on the other side of the ball. I'm playing Allen Robinson this week. No Deontay Ooh. Johnson, who is out with a hamstring injury, could potentially miss the next three or four games. George Pickens, still not a complete route runner. We know that he's amazing down the field, but I just get a feeling that the the Steelers against this pass rush of the, the, the Browns are going to want to get rid of the ball quickly and try to be efficient on offense. I think Allen Robinson out of the slot is going to get even more work than he saw last week. We saw against the 49ers, eight targets for 64 yards. I won't be surprised if this is a seven-catch, 70-yard game with the potential of a touchdown in the red zone. I, I think he's a really nice flex play this week. He did lead the team in targets last week, which I think is like an underrated stat we're probably not talking enough about. Um, but they just haven't translated to a ton. But we, hey. we should also mention Pat Fryermuth banged up with a chest injury. I think he's going to play, but definitely going to be less than 100%. Yeah, um, I, I also think to that sort of same point, Calvin Austin, uh, you know, second year wide receiver for the Steelers. If you're throwing darts, I think he's also a fine one. He's been, um, you know, he's he's a very small wide receiver, but they seem to be generating specific touches just for him um, and design plays for him within the offense. So I think he's also a fine dart throw. Um, also in the mix, even though like I, this is another really unsexy pick. Um, wide receiver Robert Woods for the Houston Texans. Sure. It's again not pretty, but in full PPR formats, I do think he's playable. Um, ran, ranked second on the team with ten targets in Week One, caught six of them, fifty-six yards. Um, you know, this was a, a, I think, a tough Week One matchup for the Houston Texans, having yep. to go into Baltimore like against a you know pretty you know, dynamic secondary with their group, their safety unit. Um, Now they get to play at home and, uh, you know, they get to face the Colts secondary, which I think is one of the worst in the league right now. Um, I do think there could be uh, some, some room there for, you know, maybe a wide receiver two performance from Robert Woods. Uh, My last one. Well, before I even give it to you, how comfortable do you feel playing a player in week two that scored exactly zero fantasy points in week one? Depends on who they are, but I I have a feeling you're going to tell me. I think Hunter Renfro is a really good flex play this week for the Raiders. So let's talk this one through really quickly. Uh, Devontae Adams dealing with a foot injury. He's going to play from what I've been told on Sunday against the Bills. Jacoby Myers had a massive day against the Broncos last week, uh, nine catches, 82 yards, and two touchdowns. He has a concussion, very unlikely to play on Sunday. Josh McDaniels, after the game, said, hey, we need to do a better job of getting Hunter Renfro involved in the offense. Hunter Renfro did not receive a single target last week. My guy was just out there doing cardio against the Broncos. I think in this game against Buffalo, where the Raiders are going to have to throw the ball to keep up, I think you could see a – six for 60 type of game from Hunter Renfro, potentially even a score. He's always been a good red zone receiver. I I think Renfro is a really solid flex play this week. I like it actually. I'm uh, circumstantially. uh, It, it it makes sense. And I mean, this is a a player that 
not too long ago, what, just, uh, you know, two seasons ago was a top 12 fantasy wide receiver. Pro Bowl receiver. Like, 2021, he was, made the Pro Bowl. We know that he is a very capable route runner. And, you know, I, I think we, sh- we we at least saw some competence from the Raiders offense in week one that you should feel a little bit better about throwing these assets in there. Um, but the opportunity should be there. And you, you loved it to hear that press conference call out that like, mm-hmm. you know, we need to get this guy X the ball because uh, depending on the coach, sometimes they, they really do stick to that word. And then, you know, really overemphasize yep. getting that guy the ball. So I Hunter Renfro available in 85% of ESPN leagues right now. So again, if you need somebody just to plug into your lineup as a flex, because maybe you, you have Puka Nakua and you're not sure that he's going to play this week because he missed practice with an oblique injury. I think Hunter Renfro is a really solid guy to grab, especially in PPR leagues could get you some double digit points this week pretty easily. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making locked on dynasty your first listen every day. Uh, Every day, we'll be back on Monday to break down all of the action from week two. Uh, So make sure you're downloading the podcast wherever you get your podcast. We are free and available on all platforms. Follow Kate on Twitter at at Kate Majuk. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the games. And again, we'll see you right back here on Monday.